Hi, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read Acts chapter 5, starting in verse 1 and going to verse 11. In our last audio devotional, uh, we saw a snapshot of the first followers of Jesus and their incredible generosity that met the needs of others. Uh, as a positive example of this, we were introduced to someone named Barnabas, who sold a field he had and gave the money to the leaders to give to those in need. Today, though, we're introduced to a couple who are a part of this first Christian community, and unfortunately, they are the poor example of generosity. And so let's read their story together. Acts chapter 5, starting in verse 1. But there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. And as soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Was this the price you and your husband received for the land? Yes, she replied. That was the price. And Peter said, How could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. And when the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. This story always bugged me. It's a shocking story. Typically in Scripture, when nations or individuals are warned to turn around, when they're confronted with their sin, their rebellion, when they're told to change their direction and align with God's way, God seems, most of the time in Scripture, to give people and nations time and gives them warning after warning after warning. But here, this couple who seems to be doing a good thing, right? They're selling property and giving a portion of the money to the leaders to distribute to the poor. But here, they're swiftly judged. They're swiftly punished. Why? Because they had claimed they gave the full amount of the money they received. But in fact, they kept some for themselves. They sinned. Not because they didn't give all the money. It's not like God is like, I need all the money, you kept some of the money, therefore you're done. It's that they gave the impression, they told that they had given all the money, when in reality they kept some for themselves. And so this couple was lying, not just to the leaders of the church, but ultimately to God. In this story, God is preserving and protecting 
his young community of faith. The leaders recognized that this deception, this hypocrisy, this sinful act was an attack on the community by the enemy. Therefore, God acts in judgment. But why not just confront them of their sin and rebellion and give them another chance? Why not let them just apologize and make it right? I like stories that end up with someone who, you know, humbly turns back to God and realizes that they've done wrong and repents and experiences healing and redemption. I love stories like that because that's the kind of story that I feel like I need. (laughs) But this story is not that. It feels abrupt and it's shocking. I like to keep God warm, safe, and comfortable. I love the stories of God's amazing grace and mercy. I love that God is continually uh, defined as patient. I love the pictures of him pursuing us. Yet we have to also realize that God is also revealed in Scripture and in this story as holy, as completely perfect and set apart, righteous. God's grace and mercy are not cheap. They're not wishy-washy. He's not a pushover. He doesn't fit nicely into our own images and pictures of what we want him to be. God is loving, yes, but he's also holy. You can't have one without the other. God is filled with grace and truth. He's marked by mercy and judgment. God isn't just a big, cozy pushover. He is powerful. He is holy, and he is true. This story reminds me of C.S. Lewis's book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. In that story, there's a group of children who enter a new magical world, and they encounter a great struggle between good and evil. The evil side is led by a witch, and the good side is led by a powerful talking lion named Aslan. Aslan is king. And when the children hear about Aslan, For the first time, one of them asks, Is Aslan quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. And the response to this child is, If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. Another one of the children asks, Then he isn't safe? And the response is, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. This is the picture of God. He isn't safe. He is powerful. He is holy. He is king, but he is good. I too often neglect to be in awe of God. To recognize that he is not a tame lion, but a powerful, perfect king. I too often neglect to kneel, to submit, to be aware that though God is merciful and patient and loving, he's also the righteous judge. And I often take that for granted. When I forget God's holiness, I can begin to see his grace as cheap, as easy, as something to neglect 
something not so amazing after all. It's interesting that this story is in the book of Acts, this book that's telling about these first followers of Jesus. Luke, who wrote the book, could have left it out. After all, it reflects and reveals that these first followers of Jesus weren't all so perfect after all. I mean, if you were to write a history of your family, would you really want to put in the stuff that's not so, you know, complimentary? I mean, you leave stuff out like that, right? But here it is for all to see. The underbelly, the sin, the rebellion, the fear, the hurt, the pain for the world to see that these first followers of Jesus weren't so perfect after all. What we see in the story is that we can choose to give into these same temptations. We can fall into the same pits, but we trust that God is good and that he is forgiving. Yet at the same time, we must also remember that he is holy. And so today, what is God saying to you? And what will be your response? And I'd like to close our time with a prayer from Psalm 99. And so let's pray. God, you are the mighty king, the lover of justice. You have established fairness. You have acted with justice and righteousness throughout Israel. And so we exalt the Lord our God. We bow low before your feet, for you are holy. And we thank you for your amazing grace. May we never take it for granted. We thank you for your patience. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness that woos us back to you. May we respond in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful day.